Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, Elias was a man subject to like passions. Elias meaning Elijah. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. I want to preach to you on the subject today, uh, Elijah, the secret of his power. Elijah, the secret of of his power. Amen. Let's, let's put our Bibles down and let's lift our hands one more time unto the Lord. Give the Lord thanks here today. God, we thank you for the prayers that we prayed and we thank you for what you're doing right now. Your spirit is moving in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And prayers are being answered, God, because we believe in you and we thank you, God, for it. We thank you, Lord, for it here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Elijah, the secret of his power. Praise God. Elijah was a man that was mightily used of God. And in his life, there are many miracles recorded and probably some that are not recorded in the Word of God because God used him in such a powerful and marvelous way, in such a power that moved. In, and, and a lot of it had to do with uh, just the, the Lord reaching out to Israel. And there was a lot of miracles that took place and a lot of things happened. And then, of course, also through the ministry and miracles of Elijah. Then it was passed down to uh, Elisha. And uh, Elisha received the mantle. But his, Elisha's desire was that even Elijah asked him, he said, what do you want? When I leave, he said, I'm asking for a double portion. And you could look at the recordings of the miracles in the Bible. All of the miracles that Elijah had done through the, the touch of the Lord. Of course, it's all through the Lord, of course. But every miracle that was done by the hands of Elijah and his prayers and his faith, uh, you can record it, the number, and then you can look at the number that Elisha had uh, done miracles at the, at, through the help of the Lord and the hands of prayer and hands of healing and prayer. Uh, there are double the miracles of Elisha compared to Elijah. That does not mean that um, Elijah was better than Elisha or Elisha was better than Elijah. It just simply means that means that uh, in this thought, and I am a firm believer in this, I believe it with all of my heart. I've preached it. I've taught it. I do stand upon it. Um, but I believe that we can have anything we desire in God as a church body and also as individuals, 
if we are willing to commit to his will and not our will. How bad do we want it? If we want it, we can have it in God if we really want to make that commitment to God in prayer and in walking with him faithfully and serving him faithfully and living by his word. We can have anything that we desire in him, but yet it doesn't come uh, and, and we just simply think that it's just going to come to us because we believe it's going to come to us because we have committed ourselves to walk the way he wants us to walk and to live the way he wants us to live as a church body and as individuals. I believe that our church can have any kind of revival that we want from God if we're willing to commit and sacrifice to that. Do you believe that? Amen. Because the Word of God, it speaks that. So what was the secret of the great prophet Elijah of the power that came and miracles that were performed through his hands and through his prayers and through his speaking unto the Lord? You know, we as apostolics, I know the heartbeat of every one of us. We live for God. We want to be used of God. We want to be able to pray for the sick and they shall recover. We want to pray for people that need the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. We want that. We want to see the supernatural in operation and the gifts in operation that the Lord is using them through our lives. We desire to operate in the powerful example of the apostles and the prophets. Can I hear an amen? I know that's the desire of your heart. It's the desire of my heart too. I want that. I desire it as a church and as individuals. We want that. And we can have that if we simply commit to what God wants and not our own way. You see, we need in this hour God operating through our lives in this day. We need that. We need miracles, not operating in our own desires, but God's plan operating in and through us. Amen? We need that in this hour. We need, people in this world need to see some miracles happen. They need to really believe that there is a God that can come through in their times of struggle. They need to see cancers uh, destroyed. They need to see uh, lives turned around. They do need to see their marriages healed. They do need to see their finances touched and a miracle come forth. And they know without a doubt that it didn't just happen out of just, just, uh, just happenstance, that it just by luck. No, it happened because God came through. Can I hear an amen? It's not about us, though. It's not about us. We desire it. We want to walk in the example of the apostles and the prophets. But it's not about us. It's about God. Amen. That is the point we've got to get to. We've got to come to that realization that it's not about me and for me to receive some kind of glory about anything. It's all about God. Amen. 
Amen. It's all about who we can reach. It's all about who we can serve. It's all about lives that can be changed and delivered and set free from sin. That's what it's all about. It's all about God's plan, not about my plan, my will, my way, my desire. It's about God's plan. But I want to couple my desire and my plans and my motives behind God's plan. I want to couple my desire behind this word right here. Right here in this book. It is a book of God's desires. It's a a book of God's plan. It's a book of what God wants for this world. He does not want any to perish. But He wants all to come to a place of repentance. And find deliverance by the power of His Spirit. Amen. But it comes down to realizing it's not all about me. It's about the Almighty God. It's all about His will, His plan for our lives. Amen. I am going to continue to desire to follow in the examples of the Word of God, of the apostles and the prophets and the disciples and the, and the example of Jesus Christ as He walked upon this earth. But, but we look at, and we, we hold on to the Scriptures, rightfully so. We need to hold on to these Scriptures of Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In that, that power that the Lord is talking about, uh, amen, He desires for us to be in operation in the power of His Spirit. But we cannot miss the fact uh, it's, it's not just about miracles of blinded eyes being open, although that is important. It's not just about the lame getting up and walking, although that is important. It's not just about the, the, uh, the cancers being destroyed or the, or the pain and suffering being pushed out and God coming in with peace and joy. But it's also about ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He gives us power power to believe and trust in the Lord, but he also gives us power to be a witness. Oh yes, a power to be a witness, to reach into people's lives, amen, and to pull them out of the pit of hell and bring them to a place of deliverance and salvation in their lives. There's no greater miracle than that, than to see someone repent of their sins being baptized in a watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the power of the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't stop there, but turning around and walking toward God and a change in their life. Old things pass away. All things become new again. That's, That's the key of the Word of God. Amen. We hold on to that scripture, Acts 1 and 8, rightfully so. Don't lose it. But we also hold on to the book of Mark 16, 17 through 20. Amen. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. I hate serpents. I don't like to touch serpents. I, 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 I like to get away from serpents. Get away from 
snakes. I don't like them. I grew up in southwest Missouri. There was a lot of, a lot of cotton mouths down there. There was some copperheads down there we had to deal with. And, and you found yourself walking through the woods, kind of just looking around, making sure you didn't step on one and upset his, his little, uh, uh, little party he was having because he might bite you on the ankle and send you to the hospital. But you know, we didn't live our life in fear. If we have to deal with it, we deal with it. But we have the power. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, the name of Jesus, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink in a deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. That's, that's a promise to the believers, a sign to the believers. We need more of that in the hour that we're living in. We need a move of God through our hands, through our voice, through our spirit, through our desires of God. And then it goes on, verse 20, And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord, working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. And then it says, a beautiful word, amen. So be it. So be it to the church. So be it to the believers. So be it. God is wanting to work through the people of God, through us individually. And He wants to work through the church. But when we look at God's example to us of the man Elijah, the prophet of the Old Testament... God used Elijah in powerful ways. He, he used him in miracles. He used him in supernatural events beyond man's hands. God did some powerful things through this man's life. Some of the miracles in the Bible, and this is just a few of them, I'm sure. He spoke through prayer that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three, what was it, three and a half years it didn't rain? And then he spoke through prayer that it would rain, and it began to rain. Oh, that, that's power. But there was a reason for that. That's not just to say, I'm going to go uh, on an activity, and I'm just going to say, God, don't let it rain. And I know that sometimes we have prayed those prayers, and God might answer them, and God might not. But so be it. But there was a, a meaning behind this. There was, there was a meaning that, that God spoke through him and that's the thing about the Word of God. Elijah didn't speak things just because he was speaking them. He was speaking what God was telling him to speak. I know the Bible says at his word, but you can look at several through 1 Kings, 2 Kings. You can read those books and you will see where he spoke the word. It's in the Scripture. He spoke the word that God gave him. He spoke the word the widow's oil didn't run dry, and it sustained her during that time of uh, a lack of rain. Uh, the dead child of the woman was raised from the dead when he died, and that was at the hands of the prayers and calling upon God of Elijah. Uh, he caused fire to consume a sacrifice on Mount Carmel, and when the Baal worshipers were trying to, they made a contest and they had a an event where he said if your God answers by fire we'll worship him but if mine answers by fire we will worship him uh, the Baal worshipers did everything they could on their own even slit their wrists they cried out to their God Baal 
but he was hard of hearing. He wouldn't hear. But when Elijah stepped up, the first thing he did in, in, in a part of the power, the secret power of Elijah is first of all, before he did anything, he repaired the altar. He repaired the altar. And after he got the altar repaired, he was the whole purpose of this whole thing was to bring about more of an awareness of God and turn back to God. He caused fire to consume the sacrifice on Mount Carmel as he prayed to his God. And God came down, not only consumed the sacrifice and the wood, but he consumed the stones of that sacrifice altar. And he also licked up the water out of the trench that they poured on it. And God consumed everything. I'm talking about miracles Amen. Did, if that didn't make a believer out of somebody, I don't know what can. Amen. And he went further and he began to set some things in order in Israel. But, but he also caused fire to consume the soldiers uh, on a certain day. I think it was 50 and then another 50 and another 50. And they were, they were begging, don't cast fire down upon us when the last ones came to him. But he called that fire down for a purpose. It wasn't just for his own ego trip. It wasn't for him to look like he was something great. It was because he was doing a purpose for God. Amen. And he appeared with Jesus and Moses on the Mount Transfiguration. And that is the importance of Elijah's life. Another thing that happened in the Old Testament, uh, he touched the Jordan River with his mantle and the water parted to walk across on dry ground. And then that same mantle fell down to Elijah and it carried on the miracles in double portions of what uh, Elijah had done. And he passed down the mantle. What a, what a prophet, what a man of God that was used of God. But what was the secret power source of this great man of God? What was this great power source of this great child of God? What was that source? What made him different than everybody else? What made him different than everybody of the Old Testament over the New Testament? What makes him different than us? Nothing. There's nothing that makes him different than us. He is a man, as I read in the book of James. I'm going to go back up to that scripture, James 5, 17 through 18. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Amen. And he prayed as we pray, earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. What is the difference? What is the secret of Elijah's power? What is the secret source of Elijah's power that brought so many miracles at his speaking and at his hands? Amen. The source of Elijah's strength was his strength only in what was his strength just inherent in Elijah? Was it just him? Was it just because he was a peculiar person and it was only to him? Was it some force of nature? that gave him this power? Was it some favor of God that none of us can achieve like Elijah did? You see, there is nothing in this man's life that can't be achieved by us. 
His strength was obtained from sources which are accessible to ourselves. Everything that Elijah received in his life to bring forth the source of power, amen, is something that we can achieve also ourselves. We can have any kind of move of God we want if we're willing to sacrifice for it. We can have any kind of powerful miracles of the Lord and God answer prayer if we're willing to sacrifice and make that commitment for it. You see, Elijah had humble beginnings. He lived in Gilead, which was east of Jordan, of the Jordan River. If you ever read about Gilead, it's a wild and a rugged, rugged mountainous area. He was raised in an area that was rough. He was raised in a place that he, he, he had some rough beginnings, but they were humble beginnings. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, And he said unto them, What manner was he which came up to meet you? They were talking about Elijah. What, what kind of manner was this? And when they began to describe him, they, they knew it was Elijah. It was Elijah, the man that came from humble beginnings. And then they said, answered him, he was an hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. He came from Gilead. He came from the mountainous, rugged terrain. He came from a wild place. He came from a place that was a, that was a humble beginning. But somewhere along the line, he found a commitment to God. There was a power source in his life and in his words that were deeper than himself. It was deeper than his upbringing. It was deeper than his humble beginnings. It was deeper than just his nature. It was deeper than just his favor of man. It was deeper than these things. It was a commitment unto the Lord. 1 Kings 17 and 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, which was the king, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You can look at it and say, well, yes, he spoke the word, but it was God's word speaking through him. Amen. That's how close we need to get to God. We need to get to God where God speaks through us. Amen. And not ourselves. It needs to be God's word speaking through us. Elijah's word was God's word spoken through him. The Bible says that Elijah spoke the word that God gave him. Every scripture in the Bible where he spoke, it was the word of God that God spoke through him. Amen. And that is another part of the power that was there, that he was sensitive enough to God to be able to speak not his opinion, but his spirit connecting with God's word. You see, that's the reason his words had power. It's what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Don't dilute the power of God's miracles by a mixture of our own wants, our own ways. What is the secret power of of Elijah's ministry and, and life in God where miracles came forth from his hands and from his voice and from his prayers. We need to let our desire be what God 
desires. Amen. And you know, the only way you can find what God's desires are is to have a relationship with God that is so deep in prayer, that is so deep in worship, that is so deep in commitment to God and sacrifice that I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Amen. I want God to use my voice. I want God to use my life. I want to lay hands upon the sick and they recover. I want to see it happen. And it has happened. But there's more that God wants to do within this body of Christ than what we've ever seen. And while he, want, he wants some things even greater than what we can even imagine. Amen. Remember to humble ourselves before him. It's not about us. It's about him and his plan and his desire. Amen. Elijah only spoke the words that God gave him. It's not about us. It's about the Lord's wants. It's about us humbling ourselves before him. It's about that God will not share his glory with anybody. It's not about me receiving glory for someone that's healed. It's about God receiving glory for someone that's healed and delivered and set free. Amen. It's all about God. And Elijah understood who he was and who God was. He understood. He understood. He was a man subject to like passions as we as we are. He was just a common, ordinary man. Grew up in a rough, rugged terrain, mountainous, wild area. But the Bible says he was subject to like passions as we are. But he prayed earnestly. Elijah's strength didn't lie in himself or his surroundings. He was such a, from such a humble raising. He had no special training to perform these miracles with God's help. He didn't have that training uh, when, when, when through, understand Elijah's life, when he, was, when he went through failure of faith. Understand this. When he went through failure of faith, he was cut off from the source of his strength. He showed more cowardice than most men would have done he even lay on the desert sands asking God, God, take my life. You see, when he lost his source of power and faith in God, and dependence on God, trusting in God, that's when he said, kill me, Lord. I don't have any more things to do. He feared for his life from a woman of Jezebel that had a bad spirit, a controlling spirit, and was wanting to control everything around her. And she said, if, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. And he found himself not trusting in the Lord. He didn't go back to that strength that he had. And he found himself in a place laying in the desert sand, asking God to take his life. He was a man just like us. He was a man of like passions just like us. But there are three sources of his strength that are revealed in the Word of God. Three sources, and there might be more, but there's three I'm going to bring out today. First of all, the Bible says that he said, as Jehovah liveth. He understood that his God was the most important source of his power. Amen. He understood that his God was the most important thing, that he's not a dead God. 
He's an alive God and he's alive forevermore. His government will not be destroyed. His power will never be uh, uh, snuffed out. His power will never be destroyed. His government will last forever. He is the almighty God. And he understood in the source, uh, one of the sources of his power is he said, as Jehovah liveth. We can see miracles. We can see the dead raised. We can see lives changed. We can see rain be stopped. And we can see rain come forth. We can see fire consume an army. Or we can see something held back. We can see the power of God move because I know that my Savior liveth. Amen. And today to the church, the cross was bitter, but he lives. The grave was closed, closed out with a stone, but yet he lives. Amen. He resurrected out of the tomb and he came past the stone and he resurrected and ascended into the heavens. So today to the church, if we want to see miracles, we got to understand that our God is not dead and he liveth. Even when we pray and we don't feel like God answers, he still liveth. Oh yes. The cross didn't stop him. The grave didn't stop him. And he resurrected out of the tomb. Hallelujah. Oh, but Elijah, in the secret sources of his power, he understood as Jehovah liveth. As Jehovah liveth, miracles are going to come forth. As Jehovah liveth, power is going to be expressed. As Jehovah liveth. The dead are going to be raised. We still know that our Savior liveth. He's alive. When I pray, I feel Him. When I worship, I feel His presence. And even if I don't feel Him, I still know the Jehovah, my Jehovah, He liveth. Amen. Amen. Another source, secret source of the strength and power of Elijah. And these things are not about Him. It's all about God. He also said, as Jehovah liveth before whom I stand. Before whom I stand. You see, Elijah was standing in the presence of King Ahab. He was standing in front of the king on Mount Carmel. I stood on that mountain, just amazing place. The view that you could see there as you look out of all, all over Israel, and you could see the places of importance of the Bible. But as, as Elijah stood there on Mount Carmel, he was standing in the presence of King Ahab. And of course, him and his wife promoted Baal worship and idol worship and the prophets of Baal. But he stood there before King Ahab. But that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing to Elijah was he was conscious of the presence of a greater than he that is within me, than he that is in the world. He was, no, he was conscious of an almighty God that stood there with him. You know, we could be, as children of God, standing in the presence of our greatest struggle. We could be in the presence of the greatest uh, tough situation of our lives. Our finances might be collapsed and everything's falling apart. We can be in a place where everything is collapsing around us. We can be in a place where the doctor gives us a bad report 
and says that there's no hope. Uh, we could be in the presence of the greatest enemy of our life. The list can go on and on and on. We can be in the most darkest hour of our, of our existence and feel like that darkness has crept all around us and, and we don't see the light of God. We don't hear God. We don't know where He's at. But yet, we understand that in the standing in the presence of our greatest enemy that we have to be conscious, as Elijah was, that I'm conscious of the God that I stand for. He liveth, amen. He is an alive God, but before whom I stand. And when you stand in the presence of your greatest dilemma, your greatest sickness, your greatest financial struggle of your life, the greatest depression that comes upon you and you think all is lost, and the pain, you realize that the greatness in this pain and struggle, that the greatness of your God, that He's still alive, He's still there, and as long as He's still standing, and you're standing with Him, there is possibilities and opportunities for great miracles and wonders. Amen. Maybe you today are faced with one of the greatest enemies of your life. As long as you know that Jehovah liveth, before whom I stand... I will overcome. I will overcome. What is, the, what is the secret source of Elijah's power? He put all of his faith and trust in God. A man like passions of us. And the third thing, he also spoke, before whom I stand, the word of Elijah. The word of Elijah means Jehovah is my God. We have to understand it's less of me and more of him. The word Elijah means Jehovah is my God, and he understood that. All of his life, he walked with that understanding that Jehovah is my God. Another translation says of Elijah and this is another great thought. Another translation of the word Elijah is Jehovah is my strength. <laughs> Jehovah is my strength. I'm not going to fail. You're not going to fail. As long as God is in us. Working in us. Walking with us. Working through us. And out of our voice, we speak God's word. And out of our hands, we lay hands upon the sick and they recover. Amen. God wants to see more and more of these things. But we got to understand that Elijah's secret source of power was also understanding that God is my, Jehovah is my God. And Jehovah is my strength. We want God to do a great work through our lives. We want to follow the examples of the apostles and the prophets. And that's a noble desire. Amen. But let us cease from our own strength, which at best, in comparison to God, our own strength is just weakness. We need to say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen us. I can do all things through Christ. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Faith in a living God. Faith 
in a living God. Amen. What is the secret sources of his power? It was all dependent upon God. My God still liveth. The God whom I stand for. The God who is my God and is my strength. Oh, we, God desires, and I, as a pastor, I, I desire the same thing that God wants is that, and I know you desire that our church would operate in the gifts of the Spirit more than what we do. We need that. It's going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take a commitment if we really want it, if we really, really, really want to see more, amen, in God. We need to get more of God and commit more to God and sacrifice more to God. You see, you must go to a cherith. And that's what Elijah did. The Bible says he hid. It was said, hide yourself at cherith. He found a place at Cherith where the ravens fed him bread and flesh, the Bible says, and he drank out of the brook until the brook dried up. And then God allowed him to go to Zarephath, and he found himself there, another place that was a place of strengthening and hiding. But you see, within our lives, if we want, to be used of God the way he wants to use us we got to find ourselves at a humbling place at Cherith we also got to find ourselves at a Zarephath before we can stand on Carmel we got to find ourselves finding God more in our lives in a Cherith and trusting in God to supply the need in a Zarephath before we can go to a Carmel and see God work a powerful miracle of fire from heaven down to the earth. You see, it's not about us. It's about God. It's about Him. It's about who we can reach. It's about who we can reach and serve for God's purpose and God's plan. Amen. Jesus dealt with the disciples when they came back. Amen. When they came back on on a high on themselves, they prayed for the sick and God had touched them them, and people were healed and people were touched and they came back to Jesus and they were all high on themselves. And you know what Jesus said to them? He said, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place. Sometimes we've got to keep going back to that desert place, a a humbling place, a, a place of surrender to God. We've got to get our place back in the Lord and understand it's not about me it's not about you it's all about him it's all about his plan it's all about his desire oh God has so much in store for you as an individual and as a church body but we've got to come to that place keep coming back to that humble place in God that cherith that Zarephath before we can ever make our way to that place of Carmel in the future of our lives. Amen. The man who is to take a high place before men must first take a low place before God before we can see what we need to see in Him. A surrendering before the Lord. As we stand here today, God is speaking to this congregation today. 
through his word. No, it's not about me. I'm just the messenger. But it's about what God is trying to say to us. You can have anything you want in God if you're willing to make the sacrifice for him. To commit to him. To understand it's all about the Lord and not me or you. The book of James, James 5, 13 through 18. I just read a few verses there at the beginning or at the end of that. I'm going to read the whole thing. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing praise or let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Jesus. That's the name. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he goes into Elias, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. It happened because it was God's plan. And Elijah was an open vessel ready to be used of God's plan because he humbled himself before the Lord and realized, I can't do anything without him. Jehovah liveth. Before him I stand. He is my God. He is my strength. Landmark, God wants to do so much more. How bad do you want it? Amen. A man subject to like passions as we was mightily used of God. But everything that Elijah received is available to us in the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Remember our power source comes from God. It's really no secret. Really no secret. The power source of Elijah It's just right here in the Word of God, and it's available to us. I'm going to ask you to come today around this altar for us to just cry out to our God and humble ourselves before the Lord and realize it's just God. It's all about Him. It's all about His plan. It's all about His purpose. It's all about His name. It's all about His motives. It's all about His desire. It's all about Him. Hallelujah. It's all about souls. It's all about His work. It's all about Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, yes.